Welcome to episode number nine of No Ideas Original. Shannon and the good brother, Mr. Rob. Today we're joined by the legend, DJ Ron G. What's up, Ron? How you doing, brother? What's up, brother? Yeah, 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 yeah. We got to put that out there, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we need that energy. So, Ron, you know, I was telling you earlier, we start off all the shows where we just talk about, like, the weekend review and what everybody been up been up to while the quarantine is going on. So, yo, Rob, we'll start with you. How your week been so far? What you been what you been getting into? And just, you know, the family still. Still doing my studying with the herbs and all that good stuff. Um, watching wife just put in work, man. Wifey is, is putting it down, man. We're working from home. You know, being with the kids, you know, that's, that's, that's my lifestyle. I'm a stay-at-home dad, man. Doing good stuff. Yeah. What's up with you, Ron? What you been up to? Oh, man, just focus, you know, doing the radio. You nice. know, keeping fun with the mixtape thing. Yeah? Nice. You know, can't do no, we can't do no parties unless it's online, you know what I mean? So, right. know, just get thing together, man, you know, working. That's yeah, right, that's right. Yeah. Man, yo, you know what? What about you, bro? What you been doing? What's, what's your week like? You's a busy yo, guy over there. This Yo, this week I actually started reading the um, 50 Cent new book. The Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter. Oh, book. I heard. Yeah, how is that? Yo, Fifty got some jewelry in there, man. That book is fire. Like he just, he's talking all, nice. all everything in relation to business, but he, he's being vulnerable right. and incorporating stuff about family, you know, as artists and everything. Like yo, it's just been a really good book. Like I, I tip my cap to him. Like to me, this is some of his best work that nice. you know that he, he's ever made available to the public. So wow. yeah, nice. I, and and it's it's a it's a it's a quick read. Like I'm almost done with it. Uh, I've been doing that, and then just really, you know, like chilling, chilling. Yeah, use a, a speed read on the low, so you go through books like. Yeah, yeah. Nice I, like I told you before, like yo, for me, <laughs> it got it got to be a page turner. Like if I crack open a book, and Indeed. I start start reading, and then I get like a couple of chapters in, and it hasn't it hasn't really grabbed me, I'll put it down and I'll take my time with it. But you know, if it's good content, I'm gonna go through it because it nice. you know it just 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 captures me. So that's right. You know, yeah, and then Sunday, the wife and my oldest son, birthday. Uh, I'm trying hey. to, uh, yeah. Happy birthday, man, to the young yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Two of my favorite people in the world share the same birthday. So, you know, for my that? wife, we can't we can't go out and go do anything. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go down to, I'm going to drive from Connecticut to City Island and get a, her favorite. She likes, like, fried lobster uh, tails from a restaurant. I'm going to go do that for her. And for my uh, son, I'll mission. probably give him some money, yeah. That's a nice mission right there. Yeah. Nice mission. Yeah, I didn't, know, I, didn't, I didn't know you can go across the states like that right now. You can? Yeah, yeah. They'll let you go down. Like, you just got to place your order in advance at the restaurant, and then you they give you a time to pick it up. So, you know, I'm going to go do that for her. You know, That's dope. Yeah, so it, lo- it looked like we're going to be we gonna be celebrating quite a few birthdays indoors. Birthdays and yes, graduations. This is nuts. <laughs> That's what we're doing now, man. That's the new Zoom now. Zoom yourself now, man. Yeah. That's all you can do, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So so Ron, yo, we thought it'd be a good idea to start off with just um, you know, I'm just wondering for you, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like growing up in the polo grounds and how you how you found yourself, you know, to, to become a DJ to begin with? Well, growing up in the polo grounds, you know, I I lived across the street from uh rooftop records, you know, I mean root, yeah. well, rooftop, rooftop skating ring, Rucker Park, 
you know, and um, that was like, it was like the, the mecca of hip hop ballers. Everything, son. The episode of everything. Basketball ballers. The real ballers and basketball ballers. Right. That's right. You know, you know. I think really what got me started was listening to Red Alert and Molly Mall on the radio, and I heard them. And I heard Red Alert, you know, play a lot of songs. Like on Fridays, I would I would listen to him and, and Molly Mall battle. Molly right. Mall would be playing stuff, and Red Alert would be like yeah. Yeah. And I was like, And then you know, I just got I just got hooked on hip hop, and then um. I started looking into doing the mixtapes. I was like, you know, once I started coming home from school, I would hear people driving by playing mixtapes. And I would hear, you know, you know, uh, mixtape playing and shouting out on the cars. And it was like either mm -hmm. Brucey e. B or his kid or Starsky right. or Star Child. And right. I was like, oh, man. I was like, I want to do this. This is, that's where it's at. And, um, and at the same time, being that I was from Polo Grounds, because you from Rucker, um, Wiz Rob used to bring his stereo to the park after the Rucker Park after the games. And uh, he used to have the gigantic speakers and the people used to put on like a party in a park. Right. He, used to, he used to open up the light pole, take the wires and connect it. I used to yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the park, park <laughs> jam style. That's yeah, park yeah, jam yeah. style, man. And connect the wire to the extension cord, put some black tape around it. Man, That's those it. The, so. That got me inspired to want to do music and get into the to hip, hip the hip hop game and the mixtape game. Yeah, this That's generation dope, will never had that experience. They'll never have that right. park jam experience. Never I had know. that park jam. That was like a rush. <laughs> the rush is to get away with it, and then to hear it go on, and then the music yeah. drop, and then the crowd would come. Yeah, the crowd would come. They would have to rope off the speakers so the speakers won't fall on nobody. Just yeah, classic shit. <laughs> <laughs> Classic shit. <laughs> you funny you mentioned, you know, other pioneers in the mixtape game like Kid Capri, Brucey e. B. I always thought you was in that cluster. You know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. when I, was I heard of, you, was, you was right there, son. When you heard, because early on you would hear Kid Capri, but then you hear this Ron G, this voice. Yo, you had this voice, this quality, but almost like Sadat X. When you hear that voice, you know exactly that voice when you hear it. I'm like, <laughs> yo, son. And I remember... <laughs> Yo, you you put on some 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 great blends, man, that are timeless. I want to ask you: Do you feel personally, or maybe have some some kind of hand in the hip hop R and B kind of mix? Because prior to that, it wasn't that. It wasn't. Yeah. Mary, you know what I'm saying? I, do, I feel, of course, I feel that I played a big part in it, in, in it because you know what I did was, um, you know, when I was younger, I was really trying to please my mom. You know what I mean? My mother, she was she was really like a big Michael Jackson fan, Lou Ross, Diana right. Ross, um, right. uh, you know, all those old are the older artists and um Temptations, um right. Everything. Good soul, that good soul. Yeah, and um <laughs> Teddy Pendergrass, and she was always in her love soul vibe. And um right. whenever I would play Grandmaster Flash in the period five or or Spoonie G, she'd be like, turn it down. I can't yeah, hear yeah, my Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and I said, oh, man, this is crazy. And um, and then I, I just say, you know what? I, I want to find a way to please her. I want to find a way to make her not be knocking on my door, telling me to turn it down. So one right. day, I was just experimenting, because she used to have eight-track tapes in her room, cassettes. And I would go in her room, like when she go to the kitchen, and I steal Lou Rawls cassette or mm -hmm. or A track, and 
And then I, I, I and you know, like back in the days right. living in the projects, people would throw out eight track players like nothing. You know, yes, what sir. I mean? you can yo, you, you can go by. Sometimes you can go buy garbage. Can you go buy the garbage and see a crate of records sitting there? Like somebody crazy? How you put the a crate back of records? My building was heaven. A lot of people didn't know. You what? Know, they throw away stuff. I would say, oh, le learning from the park. You know, man, when the wires are cutting the park from the black. Yes, sir. Park, yes, sir. Pop cords. I'm like, uh oh, well, I got me a new A-Track player, and I go nice. let's tape that wire back, play it like nothing, and the next thing I just started playing, playing with the sound. Like I said, well, let me see how this would sound. And, um, you know, I still overall got the inspiration from Red Alert and Molly Maul. And one thing I did get from Molly Maul was when Molly Maul would put out songs, he had a heavy bass to it. Like he would, like he had, he had made 808, like for hip hop, New York hip hop, he made it famous. So what I started doing was I started trying to take the R&B songs and the hip hop songs to see if I could put something together. And one day something sounded okay. Yeah. I'm like, it's all right. So then I go to my friends in the neighborhood that I would hang out with. I'm like, yo, how this sound? They're like, yo, gee, I think you got something, man. And then my mother wasn't mad. She wasn't knocking on my door telling me to turn it down anymore. She was like, okay, baby, I hear it. Like, she bought into it. Yeah. And she fell right into it. So I felt like I had something. So I said, I said, well, if I could, if I could please the younger generation and the older generation at the same time. I feel like I could I could merge something together. I could merge this together, and um, I think I did a good job at doing that. So, to some degree, yeah, I feel like I played a big part in the way hip hop and R&B started to turn out. Yeah, yeah man, that's a that, fact. That was that was a that's big a that was a big time, man. When the music started to blend like that, we was taking yeah. all them different sounds and meshing mm -hmm. them together. Here we are now, bro. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a that's a fact. The um. You know, it's it's interesting how you know just the the need to to please your mom helped you create your niche because that's that's what you known as 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 the Bling King. Like anytime people talk about Ron G, they're gonna be like, "Yo, you got mixes five, got mixes seven, just the, the blending <laughs> element." Yeah, yeah I'm not, still actually still got those mixes one through fifteen. So if anybody wanna hit me up, DJ Ron G eighty four gmail .com, I got them remastered, the whole collection. So. Nice. You know, but um, that's that that made me man. After I started doing the blends, I was getting famous. I was like, oh, this is serious. You know, yeah. after a while, you start looking at it, and you go, um, you know, you do your first one. You know, people are like, all right. By the time I got the mixes three, I was famous. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they was all over the place. Huh? <laughs> it was all over the place for real. I was like, yeah, I'm only sixteen, man. Yeah, oh, let man. me let me let me tell you the um the impact on the culture like yo i grew up in the bronx right? i grew up in the south bronx mm -hmm. we always be waiting like yo when the new ron g tape coming out yes, sir. we get yes, the sir. new ron g tape and go get an oj and just ride around thirty dollars an hour how was it we was banging out yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man they oj time son the systems and we used to be like yo yeah, I can't, I can't, I kid you <laughs> not. I, I remember doing that and 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 going to a church league, twisted son, <laughs> and, OJ, and we used to pull up at this church every day, son, wow. every Saturday. Oh man! Uh, yeah. so, when we think about OJ, you know, I always thought about you know the Harlem cab service because when OJ so, was popular, then Harlem cab service started blowing up, and I got cool with a lot of the Africans, and they were like, "Right, yeah. you do that." <laughs> Everybody loved Runji. I used to be. It was a it was an era that you just had to be there to oh, understand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
we were getting, we were, we were doing good things, man. We were doing yeah. good things. How, how did you, how did you determine the, um, the frequency in terms of how often you want to drop a tape? I, I, I first I started off doing it like once every two months or once every month and a half. But as, as people started, like, uh, it really started getting popular with the shout outs because, you know, after right. the first one, then the hustlers were like, yo, I heard that mean mix on mixes one. And I'm shocked because I'm like, but how did he even get it? You know what I mean? Right. Like, how did you know? But at the same time, one of my methods was, you know, when the Rucker Park had their little tournament, people had two things they would do. They would either drive up and down 8th Avenue to show off in front of the girls, yes, or they would head to the next gas station. And the next right. gas station was on 145th Street. And I was just like, <laughs> what? I'll be there as soon as the Rucker's over. <laughs> <laughs> and, Clean um, up. Like, that started it all. So every time... Like after a basketball game, I'll go to right to the gas stations or I catch people at the lights. And um and then when they started saying that they wanted to shout out on the on the next one, that kinda helped me speed up the process for the next one. You know what I mean? Right. right so right, right. I would give it at least three weeks before I will uh, at least a month or three weeks before I make the next one because they were really hard. You know, they a lot of people don't know. It took me a long time to do those because I had to really figure out what sound good. Like I was really like studying. Now you gotta you got a product now, and now yeah. you got to shop your product, man. That's yeah, cool. I really, really had to take my time with those because I had to figure out. I even going to the record stores, like I had to, like back then, you know, acapellas wasn't the easiest thing to get, you know. Mm -hmm. So I, I got cool with a lot of the, the record stores, which is J and J Variety, Rockin' Well. Um, it, uh, it was uh, um, a record store, 125th Day Nick, that was called Spivey Records, mm -hmm. and um. I, be in there and I, and I used to be like, yo, when you get them imports, man, holler at me. They're like, run, Jimmy, you got them records, man. You got them records for you, man. You come true. <laughs> yeah. And I um, just was having fun with it, though. So let me let me ask you this. The, um, how has it been, I guess, like making the transition from, you know, that, that purest era where it was two turntables, mm. a mixer, and a crate of records to now it's, Serato, right? Your laptop, your Serato, yeah. your MP3s, and a controller. How was that for you? Well, it took me some time because um, for a while I was I, I was when I was going to parties, I started to see the transitioning. I started to see the DJs having computers, and I was like, I don't really understand this one right here. And I'm like an OG, and I'm like, hold on. So one day I got a call from um a guy, a, a Japanese guy from Japan. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that they was coming out with something called Tractor Scratch. So he was like, yo, do you got Serato? And I was like, nah, I don't even rock the Serato yet. I don't even. So he was like, look, we're doing something that's similar called Tractor Scratch. Um, okay. that actually was it Japan or London was one of them. I think it could have been London. And um, and he was like, we're going to, we want to, we want you to, we want to sponsor you. We want to use you and a few other DJs to be nice. the face of Tractor Scratch until we blow it up. Right. And he was like, you got, you got Tractor Scratch for, X amount of years, basically forever. Um, we will put you on everything that Track to Scratch, you know, is involved in. And, you know, they gave me a tiny bit, tiny bit of money. Back then, because it was a new product, you couldn't be like, yo, give me a hundred thousand, you know what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was just honored to be a part of it because I felt like I was being digitalized. You know, I was okay. becoming a new era of, you know, the mixtape was, was being noticed. I was being noticed from the mixtapes, but they recognized also that my era was important, even in the transitioning. So I, when they reached out to me, I was happy about that. And I know Grandmaster Flash was a part of that. 
a few yeah. other big DJs as a part of that. So that was my intro to the digital world. Um, and I probably wouldn't have had that easier way to go if it wasn't for track scratch, the people over there. They kind of helped me transition to, you know, the whole computer world. Because after a while, I said, all right, now this is serious. And then when I started going to parties, you know what's crazy is DJs were laughing at me because I had track to scratch and they had Serato <laughs> for laughing at me. And I'm like, what's funny? They was like, yo, you <laughs> track to scratch, nobody used that, son. And I, it was all crazy, man. I was like, I don't get it. But they didn't, right, they right, didn't, right. Yo, they didn't, like, they didn't realize you was the ambassador. Uh, right? They didn't realize, though, that you was a brand ambassador for it. Yeah, that, you know, like, yeah. but I, I still felt kind of funny because Serato was kicking in heavy, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm with Serato, I'm with Track to Scratch, and I'm like, yo, you know, it's crazy. But I really, really do appreciate Track to Scratch so much because they helped me, you know what I mean? They gave me that, right. that, they, that push to look, to say, yo, the new Start era. here. Start here yeah. and we gonna move you in. That's it. Yeah. That's what's up, man. So, shout out to everybody over there at Track to Scratch. Yeah. How about that? That's nice. Going go back to the mixtape, back then, because right after, like you said, you know, Kid Nolan was doing it and you came in right after Kid. But then, all of a sudden, Triple C, SNS. Oh, forget about it. Oh, it. Was, it. was it a crazy competition back then? Um, not for me, because I stood out out of everybody, to be honest. That's right. You had your own lane. Um, I wasn't into the exclusives. I wasn't into, like, 95 freestyles, even though Watt was my homie and Watt was, that's like my brother. Um, right. I had my home, I had my own lane. And that's right. And you had a couple of people that was hot, like Jews, Double R, um, but I still had my own lane. And, um, I just, I will always just salute everybody. Like, I see ass, I'll salute them. You know, sure. uh, me and Triple C actually made a mixtape together, and um, and Triple C to me was one of the dopest and the thorough. I was saying militant DJs because yeah. I was yeah. going to Bronx and he was heavy in the Bronx. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I had a lot I of Triple C joints. Lord Tariq, Peter Guns, <laughs> yeah, son, that whole crew was there. You already know what I'm talking about. No doubt. No yeah. Doubt. No, I mean, even even given the fact like with um, having that lane, you know, like I think competition always makes people, um, you know, it always makes tool. people better. Yeah, yeah, sharp, sharpen, your, sharpen your skill set. Have you ever came up against any potential like DJ beef? Did anybody ever try? Um, I, I mean, not not on the turntables, not really. That's um, right. I, I That's think, right. I Say fucking with you, big art. <laughs> I think the only thing that I, I dealt with more like is like, you know, when you go to a club and, you know, the DJ before you want to play like 100,000 records before you, right. you know, mm -hmm. try to dry you out before you get a chance to get there yeah. and do your thing. But yeah, really, right. not, I had nothing too crazy, you know. Okay. That's what's let up, me, man. Let me, let me, let me ask you this. Um, I'm always curious. Um about like the inner work, I, yo, I'm a process oriented dude. So I always want to know like the inner workings of how these things work, right? So I always wonder for um, for DJs that were putting out their mixtapes, how did it, the business element of it work? Like, did you give the people your tape to sell and you got a piece or whatever they sold or did you sell them like a master and they could make as many copies as they wanted to? Well, when I, when I, was, when I first was starting, it was for me, it was more promotion. It was more like, you got to get your name out there. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I, and like I always tell people, my my goal was to use the hustler as the hustlers as my fan base, because mm -hmm. what I did was I would tell the hustlers, look, you want a shout out, you know, throw me a little sign, you know what I mean? Like, because they all wanted to be famous like we were, like DJ. Mm -hmm. They were like, yo, 
I want my shorty when she hear your mixtape, she want to hear that me and you, me and you, my, you my man, son. You know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, you know what I'm saying? Make sure I'm all right. <laughs> and then that got around. Then you know, sometimes you have to give them out certain places you go, and that kind of built me a fan base. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That helped me get a fan base. You know, and then the Africans salute a lot of the Africans and my brothers, like Abraham. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, Africans on Canal Street, Jamaica okay. Queen, they will duplicate them joints, you know, to the to the T. They made millions and brought houses in Senegal. <laughs> and all that. That's like, crazy. They, they did, did too. The best. I love you. Absolutely, <laughs> son. And they helped me. They helped me, you know, kind of like brand myself because they took my mixtapes everywhere. I everywhere. did too a lot, but they took it a whole lot further than I did. That's real. Yeah. Let me ask you, let me ask you one question. What? What's the biggest crowd, the liveest crowd you ever rocked? Um, I would say the biggest crowds when I DJed at the Garden with Fat Joe. Shout to the homie Fat Joe. Rest in peace, wow. big. You know what I mean? Fat Joe is my brother right there. I love him, man. Shout to Khaled. Um, you know, it was a time before um I did We Dug in. It was a way before then when Joe first came out with Flo Joe. Right. Like, I, always, I always now this is a this is something that I always would tell. I always would uh I don't really talk about it too much, but uh I always say like how I met Fat Joe was, um, it was we had just came from seeing the movie uh, New Jack City, right? right? And they used to have a carnival on 161st Street back in them days, mm-hmm. right? right? And right. one day, um, I was driving and I accidentally t- hit Fat Joe truck slightly. <laughs> oh, and I didn't know who this dude was. I was I was scared, man. <laughs> Fat Joe jumped out the truck. He was like, "Yo, yo." <laughs> when I, I said, oh, Fat Joe, yo, I didn't know who he was. So I was right. like, yo, yo, my bad, my bad, my bad. He was like, yo, yo, yo. I was like, yo, you know, we had like a slight little conversation. He was like, yo, what you do? And I was like, yo, I'm a DJ. I was like, yo, Ron G. He's like, Ron G? Ron G? <laughs> that was our introduction. And he was like, no yo, doubt. we kind of like built from there. And I'm telling you, for those who know Fat Joe, you know, Fat Joe never played any games. And but you the so. tap back of his truck and he ain't doing nothing to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was either drunk <laughs> or he was asleep, right? <laughs> I'm telling you, shout them out Fat Joe. But you know what? He I I started hanging around Fat Joe for a minute. And um shout to uh, you know, the whole terror squad. And what what Joe did was he gave me my first opportunity to DJ with him at Madison Square Garden. It had to be at least forty thousand people that day. And he did flow Joe. He was like, you got a flow job. And what I, my job was to do was to like kind of like hype the crowd up before mm-hmm. he did actual flow job. And right. uh, it, was just a, it was a moment that I will never forget. At the garden, I've never been in the garden again. Right, that's a, that's home base right there for yeah. you, man. I, I have never touched the Madison Square Garden again. But that was my first time, and I owed out the Fat Joe. Wow. Yeah. And I had 40,000 strong. Yeah. Let me Let me ask you this. The... Um, so the mixtape game sort of transition, you know, and we should say also rest in peace to Love Bug Star Ski, right? Yeah, but rest the, in the, peace. the mixtape game transition, like it went from, you know, the Kid Capri tapes to you having it with the blends. Then it seemed like from a consumer standpoint that mixing all together was just out the gate. Like forget a mix, whoever got the new record. That's right. what it is. That's what it's about. You know, what, right. what was your response to that? What did you think about that? Well, I always thought that, you know, I you know, I always say this when people ask that question. I say what happened was the hip hop community was nosy. 
<laughs> and the reason why I said they would know this because they could not wait for the net for the song to come out. Right. That changed the game. You know, when I was doing the mixtapes, it wasn't about the new song. It's about your creativity with the song you have. You know, and but then when when the, when the hip hop community was like, yo, I want that record first. I want to go be able to tell my boy I had this first. I want to be able to hit tell my people I heard this on the radio first. That changed the game. You see what I'm saying? So That's right. certain DJs started saying, look, I got this first. I wasn't really into that because I didn't want no beef for no rappers. Mm. I didn't want no beef for no celebrities. I just said, I'm going to just stay creative on my craft. But other DJs were able to take advantage of that because they, they, they would become um, friends with the engineers or the engineers were their homeboys and right, or right, stupid right. people or they had some, some money they was giving people to get these songs. But that's, um, right. that's what happened. It changed the game. Yeah. That's yeah. That's right, man. The, the right. showmanship, the showmanship and the skills kind of declined as yeah. a result of it, right? Yeah. It, all together, it just all, the whole circle changed because people was like, yo, I want this first. You know, and um, I think, but the, I think to me personally, that was a business move because if you were able to get a song before it came out, you can do various things with that. You can either make money, or you can your 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 fan base or your your clientele will go up. You know, so it's various things that people probably was doing with that song first, or that album first, or that mixtape first. You know, right, so right. now I changed the game. You know, it's crazy. Intricately, though, as a DJ, DJs are responsible for the, 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 the birth of the producer, so to speak, because when they sample the beat, they got to find the break in the beat. Yeah. And, I, and that's how DJs used to do back in the party. They just took the break. And that's what you rocked off of. That's what you danced off of. That's what you rhythm. That's everything. You know what I'm yeah. saying? How you feel about that? Now, you know, knowing that. That damn DJs is finding breaks and beats now. Now they know where to cut there, go ahead, they chopping it up. Yo, well, that, that you know, that what that era was slight before me, but that's kind of what I did too. You know, right. like when bodies break, break these breakbeat records and these loops, I would find loops and then I would take the loops and put the loops behind the acapellas. So right. it's all the same thing. The only thing I did with it was put a vocal in it, but that right. was. That was the, the the mecca of a DJ, which is finding them breaks finding and making them breaks. Breaks big and making and being creative with them, turning them into something else. That's it. Became whole. Them little breaks became whole songs. Yo. That's hip hop. That's hip hop. That's all day. And right, R&B man. now too. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right, man. Yeah. Good stuff, man. So you made you made the transition from a mixtape DJ to a successful producer, right? You had an opportunity to produce for some big name people. I, I seen that you one of the people you got credit for producing for is you you had a chance to do something for Michael Jackson. Yes, I had did a song for a remix for Michael Jackson. Um, you know, at the time I was a I was a, um, a, a on staff producer for Sony. Shout out to my man D Mac, David Fisson, um, Tommy Matola, Corey Rooney. At the time, they were they were the big heads up there, Sony. So um, Ms. Jones actually introduced me to Dave McPherson because she was she was writing songs and she was selling songs. And um, she just hit me one day and said, uh, a guy named Dave McPherson wanted, wanted to meet you at Sony. And I was like, what? And she was like, yeah. So, and then um, one day I took the meeting with him and, and that started the whole thing for me. 
I mean, I had did something before for Miss Jones because I did Where I Want to Be Boy. So mm-hmm. I, because I was already looping beats, I was already having that sense, like you just saying, from, you know, that producer and the DJ standpoint. But when Miss Jones' single came out, Where I Want to Be Boy, and we kind of blew up, she saw, I think she started off selling like 200,000 records. Eventually mm-hmm. she go. Mm-hmm. But from mm-hmm. DJ, from the neighborhood, and from an R&B artist that was coming from Queens, that right. was big for us at that time. We was Absolutely. like, we did, we did this in a room, you know what right. I mean? Like, and then Chill Will and Del Fresh being a part of it, because Del Fresh was going on Thor, Miss Jones was singing, right. and Chill Will had additional production and remixes on the song. So it was all so dope, but... um. Yeah, as a as a fan, I feel like I can remember everything that just happened right there. Yeah, it was crazy. Like I, I could see that happening. Now and now I'm behind. That was crazy, son. This is good yeah. Stuff. So I actually was. I am responsible for bringing Miss Jones into Stepson Entertainment with Bill Stephanie. I got her first deal. So right. all this stuff kind of like helped me see that I can do the production thing. So by the time I got to Sony, Damon Fairson was like, "Yo, I want to hear what you got." So um, I said, well, you know, Dave, I'm, I'm, I'm an R&B hip-hop guy. You know, that's my thing, you know. He was like, I know. Let me see what you got. <laughs> so I said, all right. So my first my first opportunity he gave me was uh, um, Jennifer Lopez, um, All I Have. And right. he was like, he was like, yo, come back with something. And I was like, all right. So what I did was I tell people all the time, Cameron don't even know how much he inspired me. But Cameron had that song, Oh Boy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was like, yo, I was so crazy because Just Blaze, if I'm not mistaken, he did that beat. And I was like, yo, yes, this beat crazy how you flipped that. I was like, yo, <laughs> I'm going to jack that drum pad. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, Deborah Law's, um, um, that song, um, Very Special, was, was my mother's favorite song. Right. So, yeah, so like I said, she was she also was my inspiration on that too. So. Um, she used to always play very special in the house. So I said, you know what? Let me see if this works. I, I kind of like, I chopped up very special. Right. I had my keyboard player, AVH, play the bass. And then I, um, I did the, I kind of flipped old boy drum pattern because I heard how Cam had did it and Just Blaze had did it. So I kind of like took the elements of that. Chopped it up. Chopped it up. <laughs> and then, you know, when I took it the day, he was like, he jumped out of his seat. He's you like, got one. You got one. <laughs> He's like, yo, J-Lo, go love this, man. And then he took up sleep for Rooney. And, and ever since then, it was on. So um, when I got a chance to work with Michael, I never even met Michael because Michael, at the time, he was going through a lot. Um, you know, and uh, he was just like, yo, um, R. Kelly wrote the song because R. Kelly was writing a lot of songs for a lot of people. So R. Kelly was uh, was involved in writing the song. So when, when Dave said... Michael Jackson need a remix and he's calling on you, but he, you know, he's not sure you can do it. I was like, all right. So I went in the lab and I did it, but Michael was in a separate studio from me. He was in the studio next door and okay. I could not walk in that studio at all. He, <laughs> wow. Bodyguard like, don't come in yeah. here. We love you. No. Don't come in here. <laughs> Leave him alone. That's crazy. So it, was, it, was more, it was more like just a dream come true. And right. I left it as that, you know, I got that yeah. check. That's what I had to say. That's one hell of a production credit to have, though. Right. Yeah. I was happy because all my life I dreamed of working with Michael. So, so, so who, who are some of the other notable, maybe, artists you've worked with or you've liked to work with or some of the best that you've worked with? Well, I did a lot of work with a lot of artists. Like, I did Cameron SDE. I did two songs of Cameron SDE album featuring Jay-Z and Biggie. Nice. Um, so, shout out to Cameron. 
I did work on, you know, me and my crazy where I produced that and um, certain things we do for Lost Boys. Um, nice. Kept rolling. I did the remix for Stole and Can't Nobody. Um, one of my biggest songs too was Trey Song. When Trey Song first came out, I did Gotta Make It featuring Aretha Franklin and Juvenile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was I was rolling. I yeah, did, you um, was doing your numbers, brother. You yeah, was doing I your was numbers, rolling. man. And then I did We Thuggin' for Fat Joe and R. Kelly right. to Fat Platinum. Um, so I did a lot of songs. I did a whole lot, but also oh, worked with a few independent artists overseas. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and then you know it was just a blessing to keep rolling. I did a lot more songs, right. but um, sure. you know, I just kept rolling as much as I could. You know, because for me as a DJ coming up in a in a producer game. Producers didn't believe I can do it. They was like, you're a beat maker. You're not a producer. I was like, all right, whatever. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to show you. You're not a producer. Right. right. What's your favorite <laughs> track that you produce? What would you say is your favorite I, track? I got two. Um, we Thuggin' and All I Have. Because Jennifer Lopez sold for five million. Now I think Ooh. she's all about seven. You know, talk still talk that talk, brother. Yeah, talk yeah, that talk, post, Bad Joe's up too. So, right. you know, and every time I see Joe, he always be like, yo, I love you, man. You're the first person that ever helped me go platinum. So I'm really, <laughs> really grateful for a lot of those blessings, man. You know, so those are my two favorites. See that? Even That's though Mike Jackson was my favorite, it was a remix. It wasn't original. Like, it wasn't like I'm, I got royalties off of that. It was a remix. So in them days, you couldn't get royalties off of remixes. You know, you can get that upfront fee and, and you know, and the credit, you know, your credit be on them songs. I, yo, I'll take it still. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did. I was the man up in Sony. I was going in there with jeweled out. <laughs> I was like, um, Cameron is. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Let me ask you this. A few episodes ago, we did a, um, we did a show and we were talking about like finances and people, mm-hmm. you know, how, how people spent like their first big bag. You remember what your first big purchase was? Yeah, my first big purchase, I had bought a, tri- a Triton, a Trinity, MPC-62, nice. and I, and then I bought like a whole bunch of like wall padding, because at that time, I went, I was doing, I was getting heavy into the studio stuff, so I was like, yo, I want to build me a studio, and I would buy like, I bought like all the wall, I actually built my whole studio myself, and, and my studio was in Southside Jamaica, Queens. That, the, nice. My first studio was in Harlem and Riverside. Um, mm-hmm. Riverside Drive. Um, that's that was more like the mixtape heavy era. But once I got mm-hmm. into the, the production, real heavy, right. my studio outside Jamaica Queens, out there where Fifty was at, and um, right. it was it was dope. It was dope. So yeah. I, that was my first machines, and then I went haywire. I went and brought the Phantom, the JV eight eighty. <laughs> I still got all yeah, boy. The three thousand, four thousand. Mm-hmm. I was crazy. Yo, but <laughs> that's, then, that's an investment. One day, huh? That's an investment, though, investing in your craft. Yeah, yeah. yeah I did it. And then one day, my boy was like, yo, all that equipment you got don't mean nothing. And he, he pulled up his laptop, and all that shit was in his laptop. I was sick. <laughs> I spent like a thousand. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. Well, he had oh. the whole in his laptop. I was like in amazement. Like, how you do that? He's like, yo, the program, like the money you spend on that, few hundred dollar lesser, you put that in your computer. And it's even more amazing. I was like, wow. And less the electricity, because my electricity bill is out of the roof. <laughs> 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 oh, it's evolution at its finest. Yeah, man. Sorry. 
with this world we living in now, bro. We better get solar, get some solar panels. <laughs> For real, oh, man. Son. So you have you have Waterbed Productions too, right? Yeah, at the time I had Waterbed. That was my production company, um, and uh, we had a uh, we had a few songwriters under that, um, as well as my production. So I, I really like that. Really took me to the next level. You know what I mean? Nice. And and at the same time, Waterbed was my team. You know, it was my crew. It's your crew, you know? yeah. yeah. You would always shout them out. No doubt. Nice. That's what's up, man. This is dope, man. It's good yeah. meeting you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Cause you kept yeah. me going. You Thank kept me on a actually kept me on a basketball court. I heard of Ron G on a basketball court. I don't know. I used to score thirty. I used to go in there, and for some Woo! reason, just the just the music had you like. And he's playing R and B, so she's singing <laughs> while you while you. But it's like forget about it. <laughs> Tell you that's that energy, man. That was that yeah. energy, man. For real. Let me ask your opinion, your opinion on this. Like, I know recently there was like this huge um, backlash about DJs posting their cash app on social media with everything that's going on with the coronavirus. I know Kid Capri was vocal about it. And I think as a result of it, DJ Envy ended up doing kind of like a telethon type thing to raise money for, um, for DJs. I think Kid Capri's reluctance to post cash apps was he felt that people were in a vulnerable position based on everything that they had going on. Um, but the other side of it is that, you know what, if you're an entertainer, you know, and you can't get out to do shows and you still got a family to feed, you got to make ends sure. meet. So I'm, I'm just wondering, yeah. like, yeah, like, what's, what's your position on, you know, DJs posting their cash app and DJing on live? First of all, I've been DJing, doing live DJing for more than, like, 12 years. So me personally, like, I used to be on internet radio for so long and, um, and uh, I remember, I say this all the time too, I remember a promoter one day called me and he laughed at me. He's like, yo, I heard you DJing on the internet. <laughs> he laughed at me, but I didn't really understand. He, I, I was like, he doesn't really get it. No, you don't get I'm, it, right. I'm like, he doesn't get it because he was so used to what he was used to. Right. And um, But I think that at the end of the day, when it comes down to all of that stuff, you know, I don't really care enough to like worry about another DJ, what he does especially if he needs money like if he needs money that's his business eat. you know what i mean if you're not going to help him why criticize him you know what i mean so yeah. I, I i really i really don't know why that was said that way to be honest you know what i mean yeah. I, I think that you know as djs we are supposed to be uplifting each other mm -hmm. if you if, if you got a turntable and your arm on your turntable is broke and i see you I'm not gonna criticize you because you got a broken arm on the turntable. I'm gonna say, look, I know where you can get it fixed. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Give me your number. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Something like right. that. So, um, I think that um, I think that what is wrong with that is that people are too tuned in to the negative energy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I didn't like that to be honest with you. But you know, when when DJs do stuff like this, it's because of that. It's because they in need. You know what I mean? And that's right. You know, I think that, you know, we have to stay positive. That's the bottom line. You know what I mean? Yes, like, we got to keep it positive and keep each other uplifted. And that's just my my advice on that. I don't really diss nobody if they have to do that. Like, you know what I mean? That doesn't matter to me. Like, I think that no matter how long you've been DJing on the internet or, or, or online or 
You know what I mean? And then after that, I did notice that the, that him and Envy and everybody had started doing that to help the DJ. So meant, for me, it was mind-boggling. I was kind of confused. I was like, <laughs> one person said this. Did he join this? I was like, yo, yeah. man, just stay out of it. <laughs> yeah. Shit, bro. Yeah. Stay yeah. clear. It's, you know, at the end of the day, you got to figure out, like, if you got bills, you know, people's bills didn't stop coming as a result of this. Right, you still yeah. gotta feed your family. You still gotta, gotta pay your mortgage your or whatever it is. So sure. you know, people people gotta do what they they gotta do. Especially if you're somebody who every Saturday you know you had a residency where you was going and you was gonna pick up a bag, and now that that residency no longer exists. So you know, to me, it's no different than any business that has to figure out how do you revamp and you know create a revenue stream with everything that's going on now. Yeah, you gotta think about this. You know, always I'm always inspired by Jay Z. I'm always inspired by, you know, um, some of the great, uh, you know, hip hop artists who are millionaires, Nas, um, um, Puff. I'm always, you know, inspired by them because, you know, they got millions of dollars and these people still do great things. And not only that, they still give back and they still do fundraising. You know what I mean? So that's like saying, you know, because you got millions, you can't say um, donate. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't. It, I don't understand that that language. When when I was hearing it, I was like, "But why would somebody be mad about somebody putting up their cash app?" You know, you know, if they, if, especially if they need it. People want to donate a million dollars, a thousand dollars, two dollars. They appreciating you. They don't, appreciated you. Don't right. take it personal. You know what I mean? Especially yeah. in the time, especially in the time in which we're going through with all this quarantine, yeah. and we're we're going through astronomical drama and trauma like none other. You know what I'm saying? And we all stuck in the house listening to some good music kind of to put people in, in a gentle place and be like, you know what? Everything's going to be all right, son. True story. That's why I like, to be honest, that's why when I, um, one of the, one of my inspirations now is D-Nice. Shout to my homie D-Nice. When yeah, I saw D-Nice. D-Nice Yo, the Bronx is rocking. I think the Bronx yeah. is rocking, son. <laughs> when I saw D-Nice turn, that, turn his Instagram up, I mean, millions of people are out of nowhere. That didn't give me inspiration. And I was like, I've been trying to explain to people that, right. you know, you don't have to be the biggest DJ, the baddest. It's just do you. And That's he it. turned it up. You know what I mean? So Way up, son. be nice, man. Shout he gave to us nice, inspiration. Yeah. A lot of us DJs inspiration to stay focused. Because I'm like, if he could do it, we all can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Tell us, um... Tell us about Vakilla DJs. I know my man DJ Silk is down with Vakilla also. Yeah, shout out to Oliver. You know, I'm dressed in press right now, the Vakilla family. <laughs> I'm actually, we're actually doing an interview tomorrow with a, with a lot of the Vakilla DJs. Um, and you know what it is, is Vakilla, you know, is a Vakilla, first of all, is tequila and vodka mixed. Shout out to my bro, Anthony. And, um, you know, it's a brand of, right? Of, right? And, um, you know, you know, we, you know, Mr. Cheeks is the ambassador of the brand from the Lost Boys. So he's always running with the bottle. I got my bottle right here, as you can see. You know, my Vodka bottle right here. You nice. Know. And um, Mr. Cheeks is, is a, the brand ambassador. And um, what I did was I created the Vodka DJs. And, um, you know, and uh, to be honest, it was, it, was, it was a story that the reason why I created the Vodka DJs is because. When a lot of the other liquors were going, were, was popular, I was trying to get in. I was like, yo, I want to be a Ciroc boy. I want, right. I want to, I want to be down with this team or that team. And people was just like saying, like, Ron, you know, we love you, but you know, get your numbers up. Like, now that was the comment to me, and I, I, I felt like, come on, like, I'm the, 
kind of, I'm a captain Nigga, of the ship, man. How you right, son. You know what I mean? I might, I might, I might be several captains, you know what I mean? But I'm right. one of them. That's right. Doing? So I was like, you know what? Let me continue being what I am, a leader in, in what I do. So I created the Vibe Killer DJs. And we just been moving, man. And then Anthony, he put down new people. Um, and then Silk got down. And, you know, we got a couple of DJs who are big. And, you know, hopefully this summer we'll be doing some big things. Um, I nice. know Anthony had a little situation he was going, he was going through because it was another brand called Vibe Killer that he was mm -hmm. going through court with. And it kind of slowed us down a little bit, but uh, mm. it was I think it's some good news because he was telling me he won the case, so the case is settled now. So, right. so paperwork, paperwork is straight, baby. Yeah, so hopefully this summer we be moving, we be doing some numbers, you know. It, it ain't it ain't easy in this liquor business for what he told me, but uh, you know, as far as the DJs, man, we just doing what we love to do, you know. That's right. That's right. Yeah, making good Talk music. I see um, Tony Touch and Duop recently did, I guess, like a, a versus. Would you ever yeah, consider they're doing doing a versus? And if you did, who would you do one with? I spoke to Wop yesterday, man. Wop called me like, yo, I want you to battle Juice. I said, what? Mm -hmm. What? Nah, hold yeah. on, son. Let's get Swiss on the line. Get the paperwork uh, in. Man, I said, a I blend? A blend him. verse? Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I told him, call Swiss Beats and Timberland now. I said, now, son, get him on boy. the floor. I said, Juice is my boy. He he he, he gangster with them blends too, man. But uh, I'm gonna have to do some studying before we go in. <laughs> That's right. Go go in the chambers and, and come up with something nasty for him, bro. I think Juice. I'm gonna tell you one story about Juice, man. I said Juice was the first DJ I saw with a Hummer. We all got we all got like you know like we all had like Infinities, you know, little Hondas and and little Benzes. Juice pulled up with a Hummer full of mixtapes. He was like, yo, what are you doing? He was a millionaire early. <laughs> so oh, Juice is always some blends too. So Wop hit me up and asked me if, if that was something I want to do. I told him, I'll, you know, speak to the Juice and see if, you know, if it's something that we can do to entertain the people. Um, nice. You know, and um, and then and then I also got a call from um, 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 Ted Smooth. And Ted Smooth right. was like, "Oh, you with it, Ron? You with it? Let's go. Let's do something, man. <laughs> Let's go. So Let's Ted get up Smooth in there. Might put something together too. And so I don't know, man. I said, man, you know, I'm gonna just see how I fall. But it's all for fun, so absolutely, you know, unless, man. Unless, for the culture, unless, man. Yeah, unless Swiss Beats and um Timberland say, "Oh, you're gonna be sponsored by Rock Nation or something," then I want to check. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> 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 hey, Les. That's right. Yeah. Real. Yeah. So let me let me ask you this: Do you, you think do you think mixtapes are dead? And if they are dead, would kill mixtapes? Um, I don't think mixtapes are dead. I could I, I actually still make mixtapes, but it did change a lot. Um, I think what it is is that um, I think a lot of DJs gave up on the mixtape craft. You know, I think that when the um, when the artists um, I think okay, let me rephrase that. I think what it was a lot of the DJs got scared. I think when drama um, and um, 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 the drama and what's his name um, from Connecticut? Uh, uh, um, let me think of his name from Connecticut. Uh, Big Mike. Okay, I think when drama and Big, Big Mike. Mike got caught in that little error, I think it scared everybody. You know what I mean? Um, I was trying to understand what was going on with, you know, if you're making millions of dollars, you know they want in. It's just bottom line. It's bottom you know line, I mean? yeah. But you can't. You can't it's not five dollars you make it. You know what I mean? Like when you start mm -hmm. making the millions of dollars, you got to figure out a way to, to, to pay in. 
That's right. And I think that scared everybody. So a lot of the DJs gave up. And then the second thing was the websites. When all of this, um, uh, I would say copywritten laws, copywritten laws came in, co copyright laws came in, mm -hmm. and um, and the infringement laws came in, it, it, it complicated the mixtape era. You know, so you got to kind of understand where to go and what to do in order to keep rolling. Right. Um, right. I was blessed to be able to kind of like figure it out. But overall, it's about control. You got, we got a, a time phrase, uh, a time frame on control right now. It's not yeah. going to be here for When the streaming came in, the mixtape game changed even more. Right. You know what I mean? So you see how it go. But meanwhile, mixtapes ain't dead. It's just in a different form now. If you That's go on that if you go on a lot of these other sites, it's still out here. Still you out just here. Have to figure out how to keep it rolling, and and now our streets is the internet. You know what I mean? And yeah, everybody's got, on their phones, huh? Yeah, <laughs> you got so now like before, like instead of me running to a gas station, be like, yo, yo, I got that new Ron G. You know, now I'm just gonna make sure when people open up their phone, they can see, oh, Ron G just dropped that new joint. Let me download that right now. Right, right, right. And we just keep it together as, as much as we can until we own our own platform where we can uh, do something on a bigger level. Yeah, it's funny you say that, like the um, because I was even thinking with everything that the nice got going on and the magnitude that it's taken off to. I'm like, damn, it's only a matter of time before record companies come knocking and they like, yo, you know, you playing all our music, you yeah, know, I think the nice, the streaming I think, I think, is associated I, with it. It's like, like the nice I, right now, he. he he changed the game, but there's a lot of music that's getting played, and I see a lot of sponsorships and stuff involving D Nice. And I wonder before somebody, if somebody gonna step up and be like, "Yo, you gotta break us off." <laughs> All right, what, what you about to say? What you saying? I was gonna say D D Nice worked for IG, son. Yeah, every time you come on there, D Nice got seventeen thousand. To me, that's a small stadium. Every time. <laughs> not only that, not that's only that, crazy. You gotta look at the bigger scope of this. Anytime a one single DJ can get more than ten thousand people on his page at one time, one time you're gonna make some money you one way or another. <laughs> ain't no way around that. You can get a shirt, you can get a hat, you can get some glasses. But believe me, in that bag is gonna be something else. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. So I'm gonna just so keep it honest, keep it simple. <laughs> so what 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 um what new ventures you got going on? What's next for Ron G? Well, one of my goals is because I'm out here in Boston is to take over Urban Radio. That's one of my goals. This is a dream I have. Like you know, being in New York for so many years, growing up in New York, um, you know, New York right now, I would say between DJ Envy and Flex, they own New York's radio. My dream is to own Black Radio in, in Boston. Boston, and right. it's hard because you know this has never been done before. You know what I mean? So that's one of my dreams and my goals. And uh, I'm working hard to make that happen. Um, and uh, one, uh, recently I heard uh, DJ Khaled, he was talking about it. He said that when he got to Miami, he was, you know, he was on like a pirate local radio station. Then he wound up going to a big station. And then look where he at, he took over. You know what I mean? Now he's bigger than radio in general. You know what I mean? So one of my goals is to own urban radio out here. I'll be either be a big part of the success platform of urban radio in Boston or right. be a ownership some kind of way, you know what I mean? And then the second thing is I want to get back into, um, you know, doing them hip hop and R&B production. Yeah, because, you, know, you need that, like, bro. 
like um like when I hear certain songs that come out, um, I get inspired. You know what I mean? I hear certain songs and I'm hearing now a lot of the artists are starting to sample these songs from the nineties and then revamp them. And to me it's just dope. You know what I mean? To me it's like I wanna get back into to doing that again. And um and, and at the same time keep this mixtape stuff alive and educate the younger generation on knowledge because to be an artist, to be a DJ, you got to know and love and educate yourself on your craft. Mm-hmm. What I say, son? What I say, Shanon? <laughs> Anytime we on this show, what's the most, what are we going to talk about most? Knowledge, brother. Mm-hmm. Without that, we ain't got nothing, man. True story. And I, one of the things I did when I was younger, um, and I always kicked myself, I always hit myself in the back of my head because my lawyer, right? And this time, my lawyer uh, was 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 he came to me and he said wrong Microsoft is is stock they they starting to do some Microsoft stuff I'm getting in and at that time I had only got one check from Miss Jones and I think it was like five thousand right. dollars he was like give me this five stacks let me throw this in Microsoft I'm already <laughs> in Microsoft you'll be rich forever and I didn't believe him I was young you know, I wanted to go get me a diamond chain. I wanted mm-hmm. to go get me some rings and things, you know. Mm-hmm. One day my lawyer called me. He was like with, with his, on his own island somewhere. And I just was like, and I always say, I wish I was smart enough to understand tomorrow. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, and I got you. That's why I say education is the key because if you're, if you're kind of a step ahead, those type of opportunities, you won't be you won't miss, you know, you won't, mm-hmm. your friend, because he's not as smart or, or, you know, the next man, because they're not as, as educated as, as this person. I would, if I would have listened, I might would have been in, in a better situation. But when I see that Microsoft, my lawyer, he, he didn't tell you how much money he made. He retired from being a lawyer. <laughs> Off of Microsoft. Yeah, Damn man. it. Damn That's it. Why I, if I was smart enough, I would have, I would have been, Man, tell you. <laughs> Look, bro, you 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 got some good things going on in Boston, man. I'm a good, I'm a firm believer. If you live in the in in the manifestation of it already happening, it has already happened. Happen. So, good things are gonna happen for you in Boston, brother. Believe that, man. Thanks. Yeah, man. Work, working hard. Give us some. Um, give us your social media. That way, the people that listen to us or watch us on YouTube can follow you. All right, my Instagram is at legendary DJ Ron G. My website is legendarydjronji.com. Um, my Twitter is mixking155. Um, you can find me, or you could just Google DJ Ron G, and you'll see my whole platform come up because I got everything. Like Google on the low, they got me on. They got me on MapQuest. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> son! We know where to find them. <laughs> like my nephew, my niece. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. She, like she knows. Like I was, I was telling wifey the other day, right? Let me see if I can do it. Like I, I was bugging. I was like, technology so crazy. Let me see if it works. Right? Watch this. What's up, Siri? Good afternoon, legendary DJ Ron G. How's it going? See what I'm saying? This, this, <laughs> got, this is scary, man. Gangster. <laughs> yeah. AI gangster, right there. Yeah, that's that's you know. Yeah. yeah, we gotta we gotta evolve, or we get left behind, man. Yeah, one day I was asking Siri, I said, uh, I was asking a question and she just started saying my name. I was like, oh, they listening, man. 
They in there. They in there, son. They in there. Oh, yeah. For real, for real. So in closing, in closing, anything else, Ron? You wanna you wanna say anything else? Well, I just wanna tell everybody stay safe and healthy out there. You know, we're in a pandemic right now and um for me, I'ma just, you know, I'm gonna let God lead the way for me. You know, I've been you know, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll be married soon. You know, that's one of my goals. Um, right. the second, second thing is get back to this production game heavy, and um, and just do the right thing to keep things together with my uh, with my craft and, and and my talent. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm talented, but at the same time, we we got challenges in this business. This business, you know, you got to really work hard. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I can get a lot of these things accomplished, I'm glad I'm doing radio. I'm glad I'm in production creeping back up and you know and if i can keep doing a few more things i do online marketing so you know if i can mm-hmm. keep these things going it's going to be a great great thing for me so i'm just focused that's it baby yeah. stay yeah. focused plus, man. but plus i'm uh, i still look like i'm 25 you know what I'm saying? yes yeah, <laughs> yo you look like yeah. you sound the same everything it's yeah. like yo this is crazy yeah. nah it's it's Bless dope you, that you have this have the same passion that you had when you first started now that's how right. you know you're gonna win Thanks, that's right, baby. Yeah. So that's it for this episode of Not No Ideas Original. You know, follow us again on Instagram, No ID or Ridge. We're on Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio. Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Legendary Ron G. Thanks again. We appreciate it. Thanks, Jeff. Appreciate you, good brother.